0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: First, hi, everybody, um, for wherever you are. Uh, it's exciting to, to be with you. And I'd like to open with a third step prayer. And um, you know, certainly feel free to um, join me if you like. God... I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Oh, gosh. Okie dokie. So are we ready, boys and girls? So 27 years ago, I walked into a room full of men and I was scared to death. And um, what did I expect? Well, I expected to see a room full of spooky, creepy looking people, Um, you know, sex addicts. I mean, oh, my gosh, they must be really awful people. And instead, I walked into a room that looked like people I had been around all my life. Um, people that, that I worked with, people that, you know, in different meetings. And so that was kind of, the, <coughs> excuse me, the beginning of my awareness that um, expectations aren't always what we plan for them to be. Sometimes that's good. Uh, Sometimes it's really disappointing. I was really desperate. I was full of fear and shame and certainly guilt. Uh, My life had definitely become unmanageable. At the beginning of the meeting, um, the men read the problem. I was in so much fear and ego that I thought they were adding female pronouns just because I was there. Uh, Little did I know that that's how it was really written. But I immediately heard my story Um, and just kind of I'm going to pick out some um, lines from the problem. They read inadequate, unworthy, alone and afraid. Uh, Man, I've just felt that so much. Um, I never felt like I fit in. I never felt good enough or smart enough. And definitely my insides never matched what I saw on the outsides of others. And then it goes on to talk about disconnected from parents, from peers, you know, uh, from ourselves. Um, I grew up in pretty much just around adults. So I didn't really know how to react to um, kids my age. And so the way I, I just ran away, I ran away into reading. I was an avid reader. And I also played uh, music my mom used to say she could tell what kind of day I'd had by the kind of music I played. If it was something nice and gentle and soft, she knew I'd had a good day. If it was something big and loud and crashy, uh, she knew I'd had a terrible day, but I, I, you know, it's like, don't talk, don't tell, you know, I just couldn't talk about my feelings. Um, Somehow I, I don't think my parents ever really said that to me, but in my mind, their expectations were that I would be perfect, that I would not make any mistakes, that I'd be the best in my class, um, whatever that happened to be. And it really wasn't till college until um, I was standing in line waiting for something and uh, I was talking with some person and they asked what my nickname was and I didn't want to go by Prissy. And so I said, oh, just call me by my initials, PC. And I literally can, saying that right now, I remember that moment thinking I can be who I want to be. I don't have to live up to the expectations of other people. So I think it's when I first came into my true self, kind of. Um, But I think I was still looking to be validated. Um, looking back now, I realized I did that by, uh, trying to manipulate men. I got my first boyfriend, um, and we didn't have sex until, I don't know, we'd been dating about, I don't know, eight months. We dated seriously for a year and a half. And he broke up with me because he said, he thought all I wanted in the relationship was sex. And I thought, what's wrong with that? I don't understand the problem. But that was kind of, I think, the time my addict first took off. You know, I just kept realizing that, again, going back to the problem, it says addicted to the T's, the forbidden. uh, The only way we knew to be free of it was to do it, giving our power away to others and certainly crossing boundaries. Um, I manipulated uh, a faculty member at the college um, who was not much older than me. Uh, and to taking me out for a date, which was, of course, uh, against the rules. And we ended up getting married. And I thought, everything's going to be perfect. The, this man loves me. He cares about me. And, well, that wasn't, it didn't happen. Uh, he was emotionally unavailable. So I just started crossing boundaries. Um, emotional affairs that went then into real affairs. Um, then it was like, I wouldn't have sex with people I worked with, you know, on and on. But I want to say that I want to thank one of the men um, that I had manipulated into an affair who, after he was out of state, he told me he couldn't see me anymore, that I'd forced him into the affair and he didn't want to talk to me. Um, I was hysterical. I cried all the way home, but that led me to, to a therapist and thanks to that therapist. um, He suggested I read a book about sex addiction and he suggested I go to an essay meeting and I thought, I can't tell anyone else what I've done. Um, But walking into that room, as scary as it was, was the best thing I've ever done. So I thought, well, once I do the twelve steps, life's going to be good, no problems, right? Um, I was wrong, of course, <laughs> and so um, I I think back on working the steps originally. In step one, um, I certainly could admit that I was powerless over my addiction. I definitely knew I couldn't stop because I'd tried, and. And I kept, uh, when I got to step two, um, believing in a power greater than myself, I definitely could understand that. Um, but somehow, when we got to step three, um, letting go and letting God uh, or giving my will and life or the care of God, I I came in there, again, expecting God to pry my addiction out of my hands that I was holding on to so tightly. It wasn't until actually till I've been in the program for a while that I realized that it's true that I could let go of that and give it to God because expecting God to do it was not letting me take, um, to be willing to let go of that. Um, And I went back, I was reading in the big book and I love it in step three, where it's talking about the actor who's got the play, you know, all set up and has the way the lighting should be and the way the actress should be and the way the music should be and things kind of start going differently. And he, he or she tries to, you know, nicely kind of get things going and then finally becomes really agitated And begins to be really unkind to people, perhaps, um, and egotistical, selfish, dishonest. And that was me expecting things to go exactly as I expected them to be. Um, And I think back through my life, all the times, even from driving, you know, you've set the time, you're going to get someplace on time, and then there's traffic. Well, in the past, I would be so angry and blame all the stupid people around me and blah, blah, blah. And the more I focused on the problem, the angrier I got and the worse it got. And of course, that leads to resentment and anger. But then reading on the big books, it talks about acceptance. And, you know, I think that struck me as odd. Um, because I believed if you had expectations that if it didn't come true, that I had done something wrong, if something was wrong with me and the reality is, um, it's okay to have expectations. It's okay to plan and hope that things go a certain way. The pitfall though, is when they don't go your way and you get into that resentment, then you're, you just are getting out of serenity and so what I continue to learn is the more I can accept um, what's happening. Uh, COVID is a great example Um, and not from a political standpoint but just it's made me realize that there are like I my family lives in Florida. I won't be going I live in Tennessee. I won't be going to their home for Christmas. Um, it makes me really sad. You know, my expectation is I get to be with my family and the reality is, um, I can accept that it's going to be different this year. Doesn't mean it makes me happy, but I can not stay in the self-pity and so forth. And I'm going to share just a couple of quick, um, Hey, Dennis, it's kind of give me a thumbs up when I'm wandering on too long just to let me know. Okay. Um, but to show me, to show you how um, acceptance has really helped me in my life. About 10 years ago, my social security number was stolen. Uh, if there's any folks um, uh, in this webinar that uh, happen to be from other countries, uh, social security numbers are like the identifier that kind of all of your information is, that's just who you are. And it was stolen. So I went out to the office uh, thinking my expectations, they were going to change it. I was going to get a new number, life would be good. Well, unfortunately, I was told that unless my life had been threatened, I couldn't change my number. Um, I went out to the car and I was pretty hysterical because you know my life was wide open. And as I started to drive home, I mean, I'm crying. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And then I I really remember this as well. I thought, I've got two hands that can hold on to steering wheel. I've got a car. I can see. And I just started going through some really basic kinds of things that I have in my life. And what I realized, thanks to recovery, is the acceptance that I had a mess. You know, this wasn't an easy thing that I was going to deal with. And I had good things that I can be grateful for. Um, My Essanon sponsor helped me know that I can have more than one feeling at a time. I used to think I'm real big into gratitude. And those of you who've heard me before know that that's something that I talk about a lot. And so I used to automatically go to gratitude. But thinking I couldn't stay in anger or fear. What I've learned is um, I can be afraid and also recognize that there are good things in my life. If I concentrate on the negative, um, it just spirals me down and it will eventually lead me back to acting out. Um, The second example was uh, a few years ago, I was invited to go down to another state to share uh, my story. And I was so proud of myself. I'm historically late as like tonight. Um, I, you know, thought I had it planned out. I got to the church early. I just was so good. I had my you know, thoughts together and I didn't see a typical sign for a meeting. Um, SA and SNN are really good about kind of, you know, putting signs out kind of to help you know where to go. I finally saw somebody with a coffee cart and I thought, oh, well, usually uh, coffee is something addicts like to follow. So I thought, okay, I'm going to follow this guy. Well, sure enough, uh, I stopped him. I said, oh, is there a 12 step meeting? He said, no. mm -mm." And I'm like, oh dear. So as we got back on the elevator to go down my keys down the elevator shaft, Well, um, that wasn't good. Um, Here I am at the wrong church, no car keys. And so my expectations are already off base. I'm wrong place, wrong time. So the manager of the church uh, calls the elevator company. It was on a Saturday. And for a mere $1,000, they would come get my keys. Well, I opted not to do that. Uh, I had friends in Atlanta and thought, okay, we can work this out. So I'm accepting this. Okay. they I get to the church where I'm supposed to be. Um, anyway, long story short, there were just a whole series of things that I had expectations and they just fell apart. So what I had planned to talk about that afternoon, I just set aside. And I, I talked about this, expectations and acceptance. Um, and so I guess I, I'd like to just kind of wrap up with um, a couple thoughts. One, I had to realize I had to quit playing God. Uh, thank goodness God didn't put me in charge. I I just would not do a particularly good job. And, um, and it's also a good reminder that God is right here with me all the time. God is with me uh, in the midst of good things and, you know, really bad things. Uh, Another thing I've learned is I have to discard the right to believe I'm the only one with the right answers. And I've heard people say I can either be right or I can be in serenity. Um, I have friends that we have some things we're diametrically opposed uh, on. And we just know that we agree to disagree and just talk about other things. And I, another thing is living life on life's terms. Um, Just taking one, and thank goodness we just have, um, it's just a 24 hour uh, day program. Um, I remember after my, oh, my first meeting, somebody from my church walked in. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to tell people he has seen me at this meeting. And then I thought, well, no, because then he'd have to tell he was there, too. But I called him that night and I said, I don't think I can do this. And he said, oh, I said, I can't do this forever. And he said, you don't have to. I thought, okay, good. And he said, it's just one day at a time. And I must say at that moment, that wasn't particularly comforting. But he was right. Um, It is one day at a time. And so I'd like to finish off, if I've got just a few more minutes, um, I'd like to read the promises. Um, And that's um, in step nine. um, The first time I heard someone read the promises, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh, So I'm going to read them and you might want to share your thoughts. Um, Let's talk about if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We'll comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. And I think until I could learn about acceptance, I couldn't understand the problems. A particular poet said, "You didn't want to shut the door on the past or forget it." I didn't want to remember my past, but I'm really grateful that I don't forget it. I don't want to go back there. I'm just ever so grateful for this fellowship. And I'm so grateful over the last few years. I love Zoom. I didn't think I would like Zoom, but I've had opportunities to be on calls with people from all over the world. And it's just a great reminder that we are all in this together. This is not, we're not by ourselves. We are, we are a family. No matter where we live, uh, no matter what we look like, no matter any of those things, we're family and we are trudging the road of happy destiny. So thank you guys so much for letting me share. Um, I really enjoyed being with y'all and I'll be glad to answer any questions you might have.
2: All right. Thank you so much, Priscilla. That was an amazing share. Um, At this point, I did put a link into the Um, text chat or if you would prayerfully consider donating to Seiko, there's a donate link in there. Um, And if you would like to, you can press on the Q&A button at the bottom of your screen and click on that and and type in your question and then we'll get those um, to Priscilla. And it can be not only what she shared today, but if you have a question in general about recovery, something you may be struggling with, that she may be helpful and can give you some experience, strength, and hope around that as well. So she has a lot of experience uh, to share. So our first question today is: Oh, my thing is messed up. How can I take care of my spiritual state to be safe from slips?
1: Wow. Um, well, first, thanks your, thank you for your question. Um, you know, f- for me, I guess I had gotten to the point of so much guilt and shame that I was ready to work the program, uh, kind of no matter what it took. Uh, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, I'd been sober about three months and I walked outside and I heard birds singing. And I thought, wow, there's birds, huh? And then I stopped and I thought, I expect they've been there all along. Mm-hmm. So so for me, nature is a good contact with my higher power. Um, when I feel really stressed, one of the things I do is, and I've told sponsors this, is to look outside and look at a cloud. Um, look around you and see, something that just um, has meaning to you, because for me, I I used to think God was up there, up in heaven, and throughout recovery, I've learned that God's right here in the midst of things that happen for me, Um, and I could go on and on, but throughout my recovery, 27 years, it has never failed that when I'm in a really dark and scary, sad place, I hear a bird, After my sister died, a bird sat on my chimney and sang all day, Um, on and on, lots of stories. So I I guess the thing is wanting to recover and knowing that it's just for today. All you have to do is just for today. You don't have to promise to be sober forever. And you don't have to, all of our God, how we define God isn't the same your higher power may look totally different than someone else's for me. And I've heard people say that for a while, the uh, S.A. fellowship was their higher power. They could get their experience, strength, and hope from them. So I just encourage you just to hang in there. Um, keep coming to meetings, check into zoom meetings and, um, and look for some birds.
3: Thanks Priscilla for that. Um, Do you believe in predestination?
1: Well, let's talk about an easy question, huh? You know, since our program, since our fellowship is really uh, non-denominational, and we have people um, from all different faith traditions, um, I think we might all have different answers to that. I, I personally think that all I can do is lead a good life and be kind to other people. I don't know what my higher power has in store for me. And who knows? I mean, God didn't put me in charge. He didn't send me the messages. So I, I can't answer that question because um, I don't really know myself. I just know that for me, I can't put God in a box. You know, my higher power doesn't just fit in a box. My higher power is really pretty big. And I don't know what that all means, but I
2: just know that God's pretty big. Thanks. Thank you, Priscilla. Um, I am struggling with expectations and acceptance. Do you have any um, ESH on that?
1: Well, uh, My experience, strength and hope around that is if, if you build up expectations too high, they're bound to not work. They're just, there's always going to be a glitch. I I can't think of one time in my life where there hasn't been some kind of a glitch in my expectations. Um, And so I can choose to be really upset about it. And that doesn't do me a darn bit of good. I mean, I I can't change what's happened. So if I can remember that I can't change the past, I can't change what's just happened. What I can do is like with the social security thing, you know, that was a pretty horrible thing to happen. And I could pause. There was a good reading in um, the real connection last week about God's mailbox. And I think it was on November 10th, maybe um, that when something big comes up is to just kind of rather make a rash decision, just kind of put it in God's mailbox, talk to other people, pray about it. Um, And so it doesn't stay in your mind. I think accepting the fact that the world's imperfect is pretty important and that we're human beings and human beings make mistakes. So just learning to accept that we're human, I think, is the main thing.
3: Um, do you find that expectations are premeditated resentment? Yes. Can you I mean, say
1: about that? <laughs> um, well, you know, the example I gave of um, my. You know, driving to a meeting uh, when I was working, driving to a meeting in town, knowing that I planned the exact amount of time to get there and there'd be an accident. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And, you know, yes, that would make me have a resentment. All those people, because they were messing up my life. I had a timetable and it's their fault. And so I could hold resentment in a heartbeat for people I had no clue who they were. Um, and you know it didn't do any good. I couldn't make the traffic move any faster. Um, so I think, like I said, I think expectations are good. I think it's good to plan. I think it's good to, you know, I think we all have expectations that someday we'll uh, return to a world when we can hug people again.
2: Yeah,
1: I have that expectation and that hope and prayer and. I have acceptance that that time is not right now. So I think just putting things in terms of what the expectation is and it's good and that it may not work out.
0: That's
2: it. Perfect. Thank you. Um, how The question is, how can I activate, activate my inner peace? So how do you activate yours might be the question. Oops, I think we lost you. Uh,
1: With meditating. um, And I would like to say I was one of those people. I'm not. Um, Can you hear me? It showed my internet connection was unstable.
2: Yeah, you you cut off. If you could just restate, all we heard was with meditation. If you said something before that, we didn't hear it.
1: Okay. Um, So some people do a really wonderful job uh, in meditating Mm -hmm. every day. They meditate. I, I can't do, well, I shouldn't say I can't, it's a challenge for me to do that. Um, I challenge myself to try to do five minutes a day of being quiet. Sometimes I don't even do that, but what I can do, and it's really worked for me is to get some inner peace I can sit down for a minute and take three really deep breaths and it's so remarkable how that works. It just, it's like taking God into me, but it just slows my, my insanity down. And so that, that works for me. The other thing for me, again, it goes back to nature. Um, I, it's just really important for me. Um, and different people have different things. For me, it's nature. That's what helps bring me peace. And and I must say, I have two cats that help bring me peace.
3: Uh, um, there's a, a female on here without a sponsor. Would you consider taking on another sponsee? Um,
1: you know, I'm really kind of covered up with sponsees right now. But if... Um, I will be glad to put my um, uh, information, put my um, email in the chat and um, she's certainly welcome to reach out and I can maybe help connect her. Another good way uh, for anybody, women or men, is to contact Seiko. Uh, They do a great job in connecting people with um, sponsors and sponsees. So, um, if you don't know how to uh, get in touch with Seiko, go to sa.org, and it will tell you how to reach out to them. Uh, and I really encourage that as well. But in the meantime, I will put my email in there. And if if there are other people on here who um, know of other women looking for sponsors, um, I would encourage you to go to sa.org. Um, I started to say send, send them to me, but... Um, I can't, I wish I could be uh, the wonderful goddess of the world and get everybody connected. But I realize that's a little bit of my codependency nature and my anon behavior So anyway.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there's also some great uh, women in essay groups on WhatsApp groups. So if you are part of WhatsApp, um, we can get you connected that way as well. But that's Seiko true. is a great start because Laura at Seiko will help connect yeah. you with some of the women and they can get you to anybody you're looking for. So yep. a nice little family, they're interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, one last question about if you're going to put your email in, do you want uh, emails from only women participants? Is that what your expectation um, is?
1: I would prefer that. Um, okay. Thank you. You know, I, I would, I'm a good sexaholic, you know, and yeah, um, What I do, and I encourage women to do, uh, and I encourage men to do the same, is talk to people. If you've got issues coming up, talk to someone of your same sex. Um, I I think it's just, especially in early recovery, you know,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. my deal used to be, uh, if I before recovery, if I had a problem, I'd call one of my guy friends.
2: Yeah.
1: I I just that's just was my go to. Now I will say that I. I hope everyone on this uh, webinar really encourages uh, mixed meetings. You know, if I can't learn to have healthy relationships with men or women in meetings, then I'll never do it in, you know, the rest of the world. So please, please don't, if a woman walks into your meeting, please don't throw your hands up and say, I'm sorry, you're not welcome. If the men 27 years ago had done that to me, I might be dead today.
2: Mm, So true. Um, This is uh, just want to know, did you get your keys? Question mark. Also loved what you said. We can have two feelings. I want to know how you become aware you were a sex addict. I know you said that one of your relationships that you were in pointed that out. I avoided relationships, but when the sexual energy was there, thought I was in love. But I know now it was in love that it was lust. Now I have went over to the other side and now anorexic. What is your advice? As I want love in my life,
1: um, you know, one of the things I've learned um, through recovery is I have to learn to love myself first. Uh, there's a uh, an old country song looking for love in all the wrong places. And Lord knows that was me because uh, i I didn't feel whole. And that's one of the reasons um, people new to uh, recovery are encouraged to not date for a year, and people don't understand that. and that's because I can only speak for me. I know. If I got in a relationship early in recovery, I would do whatever it took to make that person happy, even to the point of losing my sobriety. So I think it's important to, and this is where I'll put my plug in for gratitude. I encourage everybody to write down every day at least three things you're grateful for. Um, I understand the anorexia. Mine was fear. I was anorexic after recovery for about 10 years, I'm not in a relationship right now. Uh, I get embarrassed saying that, that people will think, Oh, nobody likes you. Um, You're just, you know, whatever. And that's just bull. Um, What I am uh, very open to is a relationship, a healthy relationship. And I know that relationships uh, the other thing. Oh, I know is to not uh, early in recovery is to not go out one-on-one with person of the opposite sex, um, go in groups. That's something I did early on. The guys were wonderful after meetings, they'd go out for fellowship for a dinner and they invited me to go. Uh, I was pretty resistant at first, but you know, it's going out in a group, learning how to be around people, you know, and not expect a romance, you know, our, our society really screws things up expecting everybody to be romantic.
2: That's it. True that. (laughs) Thank
3: you for that. Um, Does resentments root in expectations?
1: Um, I don't know necessarily that they do. Um, I I do think expectations can lead to resentments. Um, But I think resentments can come up And just a lot of different ways. Um, I can resent the fact that somebody has a cooler car than I do. That's not about expectations. It's just like, you know, how come they get to have that and I don't? Uh, The other thing is resentments usually, and I think in doing the fourth step, what I found was that most resentments... And most feelings are all rooted in fear, Uh, that it's not about necessarily expectations. It's about fear of not having something, um, not being good enough, uh, whatever. So I don't think resentments just come just from expectations. I think they can come from a lot of places.
2: All right. Next question. Can you talk about having expectations early in a new relationship? And being disappointed when things don't go your way and the other person isn't interested.
1: Um, you know, I think, again, this is kind of a hard question for me to answer. Since I'm not in a relationship right now, I'm not in a dating relationship. Um, I would encourage the person who's asking a question to uh, continue to reach out to people who are dating. Um, I know several people here in the national area that um, have dated in recovery. Uh, And I know from their experience that they've dated like four and five years before they ever became uh, engaged. So I think it's important to get to know somebody as a friend, you know. And I think, again, our society makes that pretty hard because the pressure is you're supposed to have. significant other. And I've just learned for me, if I can't love me, I can't love anybody else or let them love me. I'll just push them away.
3: The big book says regarding acceptance, nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Does this include the bad things as well? Are they part of God's perfect plan? God gave us free
1: will. I think sometimes God wishes he hadn't given us free will. I think sometimes he goes, oh my gosh, why did I let them run their lives? That was a big mistake. Um, I used to question that a lot, um, primarily before recovery. But when you see horrific things happening in the world, it's like, how, how can a higher power let that happen? And, you know, for me... I I believe, and through recovery, I believe that we there's a loving higher power that wants good. I think when the world um, humanity was created, I think God wanted good, and sadly, um, there are evil things that happen, and I don't think God causes that. A quick example of uh, a response after. 9-11 someone who'd been um a helper that had gone in and said how can we best help you know people who have survived this was like a week after the towers had fallen and he said without um question everybody said that they saw God in the midst of that people helping one another you know caring for one another and then he talked to one person he said how could God let this happen but he said the more the man talked, the more he started saying the same things, that God was there in the midst of that tragedy. And so I believe that. I think God's with us, and I think God is terribly sad when horrific things happen.
2: Yes, so much true. Uh, going back to the topic where we said that, you know, men are, sponsor men and women to sponsor women. Would you sponsor a gay woman?
1: Yes. You know, I, I I think I think that we all have, um, you know, I believe we all have love in our hearts, and I think that um, if a gay woman were to reach out, that hasn't happened to me. I it has happened to other people. Um, I w- it's the same thing. You know, you're you're trying to work recovery, and again, it's the emphasis is not on that person's relationship. You got to work on yourself. And if, if you're trying to fix somebody else, or if you're trying to um, fix yourself, just because someone else wants you to, it's going to be hard. So I guess the, the short answer is yes. I don't see a problem with that.
3: Okay. Um. So the question is, I've been attending the essay meetings with my partner. We both just identified a sex addict. I'm pretty sure it's a unique situation, and I'm having mixed emotions about it. We both have sobriety from drugs and alcohol. Do you have any advice?
1: Well, I'm sorry. Uh, Thad, would you read that to me again?
3: Sure. Um, so they, they're attending essay meetings with their partners. Okay. Um, we both, um, have recently, um, identified as sex addict, So they're pretty new to the program and uh-huh. they're, they're, this is a unique situation when they, they're they coming in as partners, right. um, and they're having mixed emotions about it. Um, they do have sobriety from drugs and alcohol, and they are looking for any advice that you may give them.
1: Yeah. Um, and good for you guys. That's wonderful. Um, I, I would encourage you to, um, to go to different zoom meetings, or if you have in-person meetings, uh, just so that you have the ability to share what's going on with you. Um, Or if like in our zoom meetings, we always break out into different breakout rooms. And so I think that's just a good, um, I think just, just gives some freedom, you know, in your recovery. Um, And, and I just, Again, anybody who's willing to, to come to meetings and take that step, I just applaud your courage and your willingness to get some sanity in your life.
2: Thanks. Another question. How do I learn to love myself?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I wish there was a magic answer to that. Um, you know, if you ask me to tell you 10 bad things about myself, I can tell you that in a heartbeat. Um, I was early on challenged to tell somebody three good things I liked about myself and it took a minute. Um, I I think what has helped me and it's really hard but to every day write down three things I like about myself. Um, The self-talk in my head tells me I'm not worth it, that I'm a piece of garbage. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that's just a lie. That's the lie that our addict tells us. That may be what we heard as kids or around other people. Um, The reality is that, I just want to um, I just have to change the tape. That's what, you know, we just have to create new pathways in our brain um, and sending good images, you know, and do something nice for yourself. You know, every day, you know, somebody challenged me to do this. And this is kind of hard is to look in the mirror and say, I love you. And, Practice saying, um, I love you to yourself. Um, It feels kind of weird, but it it helps. It helps.
2: All right. We have two more things here. Um, One is, I haven't got a question. Just wanted to say thank you. And I appreciate hearing what you've had to say as I relate to the things you've said. It's helped a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I got a text here, which they couldn't, I guess, send through there. And the question was, how do you go about with zero expectations? I said, you mean like living each day with zero expectations? And they said, yes, like not expect the sun to come up or that my wife made clean clothing. How um, much no expectations?
1: Um, I, I, that's an interesting question. I think it's important to wake up knowing that today is going to be a new day. And be, I think it's good to know that you can have things that you're looking forward to. Um, I think where I think having expectations for me is expecting something to be exactly as you want. You know, if you're expecting your wife to have clean clothes for you every day and she doesn't, then you're building a resentment in right there. Um, you know, I. <laughs> And just, um, but I think it's okay to get up and go, okay, it's a new day, you know, wonder what's going to happen. And if you've got something planned for the day and you are hopeful that it's going to work, know that it it might or it might not. So um, I'm not sure I, I know how to answer that question exactly. I think it's just being able to enjoy one day at a time.
3: Wow. So true. Go ahead, Thad. Um, One more question here. Sobriety is a four parts in our country, in our uh, uh, psychic or our our physique, in our thoughts, in our emotions, and in our attention. Is this right? Hmm.
1: Well, you know, in the literature, it talks about – A desire, uh, sexual sobriety is a desire to stop lusting. And so I think it does have a lot to do. um, Harvey Asher, I'm sure many of you know, uh, says that our disease is between our ears. It's on our head. Um, And, you know, one thing that, and I may be stepping on toes and I maybe I need to make amends ahead of time, but it makes me crazy when I hear people talk about how much sobriety they have and then talk about looking at pornographic images but they didn't act out well i'm sorry i you know you may have technical sobriety but that doesn't seem very sober to me mm-hmm. uh, and the other thing that i'll say about that is i believe lust is anything that you're obsessing about in your head it doesn't have to be just sex if I'm obsessing about whether or not I can go to Florida for Christmas, I'm breaking a connection with God. I, I have to have an expectation that, you know, that might happen, um, and let it go. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't want to stay in lust no matter what it is.
2: All right. Thank you so much. Uh, is there any other questions? Before we close it up here, we got time for probably one more question. Well, this is one that if we don't have a question, I always like to ask, cause I'm just, I guess not that experienced. Um, what is your experience, strength and hope around step six and seven?
1: Hmm. Wow. You know, the first time I read those and heard those I really, I had some resistance um, because I guess some of the character defects that I have, I kind of wanted to hold on to. And it's kind of like being willing to give those up to my higher power. It felt like I was having to do that forever. And what I realized is all I have is today. So for today, I'm willing to give that to my higher power. And if I start feeling judgmental towards somebody, I can kind of go, oh, step back. Um, So my experience is initially, it was really hard. I didn't like it one bit. Um, But again, that was kind of my big picture thinking in terms that it was like a forever kind of thing. And, you know, it's a one day at a time thing. I'm not perfect and I'm going to have to keep Keep turning them over to God when they come up.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, We have a little bit of time. We actually have about a minute here, and I'd like to go ahead and, uh, if you would like to have any closing thoughts, and then uh, you could lead us out with a prayer, and then I'll make some introductions. If you're done, then you can just uh, close us out with a prayer, either way.
1: I am done. And I think, given what we've been talking about, I'd like to close out with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, just for today.
0: I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.